Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the date. Today is the 23rd of December, year of our Lord, 2013. Happy holidays. We are recording this, obviously. What? What? <laughs> what year is it? What did I say? <laughs> you said 2013. Did I really? We'll keep it going. Don't stop it. We'll keep it going. No, I'm not going to. That's just... You know what's funny? I don't think you were ever going to catch that. There was... I, this has happened. This is the third time. I know time. what happened. No, no, no. This is the third time in the last like week that I've, and it happened with Shoot the J where I would, I recorded it and I think I even said it like, I almost just said 2013. It keeps happening. I didn't even catch that. I should have said that. It's 2020. <laughs> We're recording this a day early, um, obviously with the holidays on the horizon. Um, Matthew and I will actually be together. So, it's just, we were just like, well, why don't we just record this now? We'll just be able to actually. So here we are. A lot of things to cover today. Um, actually, all four of the major sports, even some college stuff. Actually, no Tigers. Um, Matthew, first things first. Steve Eiserman said today that the Red Wings will be naming a captain this season 100%. Now, obviously, it's Dylan. I If I'm wrong, you can tell me I'm wrong. I just, it's Dylan, right? Shake your head yes. Matthew is shaking his head yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know um, if I was allowed to say something. I was confused. How far, how many guys on this roster would have to fall off the face of the earth for that C to get stitched onto Zadina's sweater? Five to ten, probably. Like, so many people. All of them? So many people, yes. Can I, just for the sake of it, I, I think I know who would get it if it wasn't Larkin, which it is, but if for some reason it wasn't, I think I know who it is. Will you tell me who you think that person would be? I think you think Mantha. I, I don't know how you thought I knew that or how I was thinking that, but that is exactly what I was thinking. Because I remember when we talked about the Red Wings before, mm-hmm. and I said that Mantha's pretty much the best player on the Red Wings. Yeah, I didn't know that. We'll see how this season goes, but like as of the past few, strictly from an offensive perspective, he is he's so good, and he's solid defensively. He's faster than I think he might get credit for. He's a big body. He's just a really good hockey player. I think Dylan just got like the leadership role. Um, I think it definitely matters, not so much when you're drafted, but drafting Dylan Larkin, there was a different like mindset in selecting him versus someone like Mantha. Like Mantha, you were just like, I, we want him to be good and he should be good. Dylan Larkin is like, we believe in you and we want you to be a big part of this franchise. Sure. It's just a different kind of thing. So he stepped up. Sounds like um, in the locker room, obviously on the ice everywhere where Dylan Larkin can uh, play a big part in this franchise, being successful in the culture of it all. He's doing it. I don't know who else it would be. Beyond those like two? It's, it's going to be Dylan Larkin. Like, or just, you mean just beyond Dylan Larkin, period? Like, even if you... He... Just kind of beyond Dylan Larkin. Like, sure. it could be, man, but it's just not going to... That would just be dumb, and people would get really mad. Stevie knows better than that. Um, we have some new details on what's going to happen this season in the NHL. Why don't you break that down for us, Matthew? Yes. After... A lot of, for me, a lot of worry as to whether or not the season was actually going to happen. The the league seemed confident, like, we're going to make a season happen. But it's like, it doesn't kind of feel like it. But we're here. Season's going to happen. They are starting back up on January 13th. That is officially when the regular season will get underway again. They will be playing a 56-game season. Uh, training camp 
I have these things out of a, in, in a weird order. Training camp begins on December 31st for these seven teams who did not make the playoffs in this past season. January 3rd for the rest of the league. That'd be the other 24 teams that did make the playoffs. Uh, so with them starting up this 56-game 50, season, they're also shifting the divisions to make sure that it's not so much that they're going to be playing within an actual bubble, but they want to kind of minimize travel, really, yeah. and it is just going to be a weird season. So, however, they can minimize travel from a uh, from like a COVID standpoint and from a geographic standpoint. Not, yeah, and just make sure these guys aren't as tired as they probably would be in other circumstances. They shifted them around. Uh, they have the Northwest, Central, and East divisions. The Red Wings are in the Central with Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. So not too crazy different from our usual division of, I believe, the Atlantic. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Doesn't matter. Uh, the weird thing, not that this factors in for us at all, Dallas is in the Central. St. Louis is in the West. As is Toronto. Yeah, Canada is going to be all over the place. It's just yeah, weird. Like, even the, I mean, even the Wings for so many years were in the West, which was just weird. Yeah, and Chicago still is. But, yeah, true. I just think uh, it's... But they also have like four teams west of Chicago, yeah. so they kind of have to be. I think it's funny that the NBA is like, they're in this thing with the Players Association... They're like, if we go under 72 games and we go beyond this Christmas Day start, the league is going to lose like $300 million. Like, we we cannot go less than 70 games. And the NHL is like, I know it's two different sports, two different pay scales, all that. The NHL is like, 56? Play like two-thirds of our se- Sure, who cares? Just give the people some hockey. I just think it's funny. And it looks like the schedule could change, and I don't, I don't think it's going to change much, obviously. Um, the only t- on their calendar, the only two things that had an asterisk by it were uh, based on the playoffs. And what I have listed, the last day of the regular season will be May 8th, with its trade deadline being not too far before that, on April 12th at 3 p.m. Uh, the playoffs will be starting on May 11th, and they will run through July 9th. July 9th is the absolute latest that the Stanley Cup playoffs can go in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, I, this season is going to go by very fast. I don't mind that because hockey is already a very fast-paced sport. I just want hockey to be back. I'm surprised at how excited I am to have hockey back, but I am really looking forward to it. I think everybody's just happy that sports are back in general. Um, yeah, I mean, this season is going to be very unique. If we're going to finally have a captain, thank you for breaking that news to me because I somehow just completely I was going to send it that. to you, but I was like, we're recording tonight. If he doesn't see it, that'll be fun. Stevie did say that today, though. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Like It's it's going to be Dylan Larkin, so that'll be really nice. Good for him. Um, I know that you were wondering about this. You were just asking about the other day. The expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken will take place on July 21st. There is no asterisk by that. Uh, like I said, with the playoffs and stuff, they might shift that a little bit depending on how the regular season goes and any adjustments that they have to make. Uh, but it sounds like this is dead set July 21st at 8 p.m. So we will get to protect... Uh, just a handful of players last time with the Golden Knights. We lost. Um, we lost. Wait, we lost Nyquist. I remember that. We lost. Y- nope. Yes, we did. Nope. Tatar. We, we lost. We, we lost him. Tatar. Nyquist. Yes, we traded those people. No, I swear. One. No, Nyquist got traded to Pittsburgh, right? 
That's where he went. And then I don't think it was which one, who played for Vegas. You were gonna say it. I just wanted to guess. Thomas Nosek. Ah, Nosek. That's right. Yeah, you're right. I that year. I and he's been. Yeah. It's not like he's been like a franchise changer, but he's been good for them, which is it sucks because we really. I don't. I kind of don't know why we didn't protect him. A lot of people were confused by that, but I mean, it is what it is at this point. We already have some pretty solid young guns coming up. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to the season happening. They did announce, too, that the offside rule will be changing. Ooh. And I don't think anybody was expecting that. At least I, I wasn't. But that's nice. This is very specific. So I'm just going to kind of get a general idea out there. And if you want to see a video, it's easily explained that way. And it's hard to do without, like, a visual representation. But as of right now, the, the puck, same with scoring a goal. It has to be completely separate from the blue line you can, like you have to see white between the puck and the blue line for it to be considered over the line today or before this rule i should say to be considered onside your skate had to be down and touching the blue line or obviously away from it as well you could not be past it where you were seeing white between them sure. now as long as your body is quote-unquote onside so that line does not change you can have like your skate in the air basically and still be considered onside so offensively you should be able to move a little bit faster now you'll see a lot of the time obviously if a guy is going to beat the cup down beat the puck down he'll come to like a dead stop basically uh just go parallel with the line and wait for the possessor of the puck to cross or just have to dump it in and then they'll follow. Now you can just go full speed ahead. Still probably going to have a lot of offsides there. Um, but it is going to be a very different dynamic where offense should be able to move a lot faster and hopefully smoother with this rule change. I would make two massive changes in the NHL that may shift the, I don't know, maybe it would make it a lot more fun. The way that baseball is trying to see how they can make the game more fun. And they were just like, we're going to secretly juice all the balls. And then it's, you know, um, yeah. I would abolish two rules. Okay. Any prediction on which ones I would get rid of? Hundred percent, like no, no amendments. I want them gone. These are not the two that you were gonna say. These are just the two that came to mind when you said that you. Were I, th- I think rules. you'll get one of them. I was gonna say no offside. I would think you just eliminate that, okay. or not in this case, but like that's one. And then the other one was just gonna be make the net bigger. Okay, that was the other thing that came. You to mind. actually got the one I didn't think you were going to get. Um. Yeah, get rid of offsides. I love cherry picking. If you want to stay down there and, you know, whatever. Um, and then the other one, icing. Get it out. Get oh. get rid of icing. Yeah. I, Stops the game. I mean, those are two very polarizing. <laughs> I got nothing I, to back I, it up. I guess if you're going to change one, you might as well change the other. And I don't think you did that on purpose. But yeah, so be well, it. no, I fifth brained that. That was actually my plan. Um so that was probably the most we've talked about the Red Wings. We're going to shift gears here really quick. We're going to try to make this a little bit more of a concise episode. Um, Matthew, the Lions did something dumb. Actually made a lot of people kind of like not irrationally mad, but it was such a small thing to make people as mad as they were. And admittedly, I was one of them. What did they do? The Detroit Lions fired special teams coordinator Braden Coombs. I was shocked when they made this decision, as was Jamal Agnew, came, for what it's worth. And I was going to get into that. A lot of players were not very happy with this. Shout out to 
uh, Frank Ragnow, TJ Hawkinson, and Jack Fox for being named Pro Bowlers, Pro Bowlers this season. Yeah. With Jack Fox being named to the Pro Bowl, that announcement came right after Coombs was fired. And in just on Twitter, he said, like, thank you to Coach Coombs for giving me an opportunity. Couldn't ask for a better coach or mentor and all these things. So he was hyping him up. Um, it's it's a really messy situation. So on Sunday, the Lions got slaughtered. Kind of not a surprise. That's just where we're at with the season. They made it kind of cute at points. I Full transparency, I did not say this to you. I did not watch a snap of that game, and it felt so good. Except that I, except that I missed the Stafford throw. That kind of sucked. I enjoyed the replays Which I will a lot, say, though. I don't want to go too off kilter here and like just, change just gears. Just say it and move on. Stafford is getting so much love and appreciation this year. A lot. Uh, Bruce Arians... In, in talking to the media today, I'm paraphrasing because I didn't see the exact quote and I didn't see the video. But if I remember correctly, and if I read it correctly, he said that Stafford is one of his all-time favorite quarterbacks. Like, in terms of just watching him play, just one of like the most talented quarterbacks he's ever seen play. I love the support that Stafford is getting, and a lot of that comes from social media, with people literally just saying... Every other quarterback that you give praise for doing anything, Stafford's been doing that his entire career. Sure. So, like, please give him some credit. And then this year, it's just been, like, nonstop. Everybody just being like, he's so underrated. He deserves better. Everybody knows that. Yeah. It's just, be like, everybody's saying it every five seconds right now. And it's a little bit annoying, but I also don't hate it. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say to that, Bruce Arians does not have to say that. He has He has nobody that he's trying to impress, like, he didn't have to even bring that up. So that doesn't, it it doesn't mean nothing. Go ahead with the firing though. So with him getting fired, the lions got just slaughtered. Like I said, they, I think they were only down two scores in the fourth. I don't remember the exact situation, but whatever the situation was, the lions decided to run a fake punt. They did not get it. They were really close and it did not get reviewed, which was shocking, but whatever. That decision was made by Braden Coombs and him only. That is not how that decision is supposed to be made. On top of that, he was told by Daryl Bevel, our interim head coach, to punt the ball. Ah. Coombs was like, screw it. We're going for it. Didn't tell anybody. We ran the fake and all the coaches were like, what just happened? That was the one that was like he was tackled and like kind of fumbled as he hit the ground or something like that, right? And they it was like a spot thing that people were like he that definitely was no no. Uh, I'm thinking of Hawkinson. We ran Hawkinson ran the ball and he fumbled. Gotcha. In a kind of like bang bang play to get a first. Um, this was I was gonna say to the pylon, but like to the sticks going right out toward the sideline. Uh, so a little bit of a different play. But anyways. Depending on the franchise and depending on how things are run, you'll have a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, and a special teams coordinator. It's not common or uncommon in either way to have somebody just, you're in full control of the offense, you're in full control of the defense, you're in full control of special teams. You have other organizations that will have kind of a blend of it all where there's communication between each group to decide what you're going to do. So with the Lions they have that blend or that mesh of, hey, we are all going to be on the same page in these decisions to make sure that we're just, like I said, on the same page in what we're doing in the game. When Bevel said, punt the ball, Coombs was like, nope, we're going to go for it. And 
Obviously, that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. This decision to fire Coombs has apparently been brewing for a while. And like I said, that was just the final straw of like, okay, you're out. So what's weird here, Jack Fox, we already mentioned, he's a pro bowler this year. He is far and away the best punter in the NFL, at least this season. He's like not even a joke, just the best player on the Lions. He's so good and it's amazing. Then you have Matt Prater. He's having a down year. We have talked about it in the beginning. Like, I still trust Prater every time he goes out there. I'd rather have him than, like, a lot of the other options. It's just unfortunate. This year, he's 20 of 27 on field goals. He's 35 of 37 on extra points. Those two field goals that he missed missed came in Chicago in Bevel's first game as the interim head coach. And then he just missed again on Sunday against Tennessee. So two outdoor kind of yucky weather games. So, so be it with the field goal or extra point being moved back, I missing two is just kind of whatever. It's going to happen. Seven field goals is a completely different situation. They're deeper, but it is what it is. This decision, there's a lot to unpack. So like we just said, Jack Fox is having a sensational year in a year where we were really worried about that position specifically. This decision, if it's been brewing for a while, I guess I just don't necessarily know what had been brewing. What we have to keep in mind is we just hired Chris Spielman to kind of oversee the culture of the franchise and make sure that we're all on the same page, going in the right direction to be more successful. I don't know if this decision is... Like, I don't know what Braden Coombs had been doing wrong. So when it comes to this culture thing, I don't know what direction they want to go to know if he was going against the grain so much that they had to obviously let him go, or it, it, we'll just see what this decision means. It, it's it's just very messy right now. Like we said, the players were not happy with this decision. Jack Fox is playing out of his mind. We just hired someone to send us in the right direction to be more successful, we also don't have a head coach or a GM right now, so it does feel weird to fire somebody without like who's calling the shots, basically. Um, and then on top of it all, I know I'm going like a million different directions. It's just a very messy situation. At the crux of it all, if we got that fourth down conversion on the fake, this could be different. I don't think it would be. Apparently, if it had been brewing, I, I think by the end of the year, them, it would have happened. It sounds like. Yeah. The more frustrating thing here is. He, we should have gone for it on that fourth down. Without question, we should have tried to convert that first down and not punted the ball. So one, that obviously looks bad on Coombs to just, like I said, defy your your colleagues and just go against what they told you to do. It looks really bad for Bevel because he's now gotten blown out twice in um, in his three games as head coach now. And well, I'm not mad about the Titans. I'm not mad about Derrick Henry, you know, running all over us. Ryan Tannehill, what, scored five touchdowns? Like, they're just a good football team. So it's kind of like, you know. They're a good football team, but, we like, you don't get blown out in the NFL. Like, that, well, that that's does true. not happen yeah. in the NFL. Especially not as many times as it has happened to the Lions this year. Right. So, like, there are a lot of issues. And more importantly, not going for it on that fourth down in a – really a lost season when you're trying to figure out like what this team is, what they have and what you are capable of, you have to go for it there. That's just such a weak call. And we could have gotten ourselves back in the game. Had we converted kind of changed the tide of things. And 
it's just, it was a messy situation. To me, that was the nail in the coffin like Bevel. You are not going to get an opportunity as the head coach next season. It's, it's just, it's a weird situation. There's still a lot to unpack. We have two more games. Stafford, credit to you for continuing to just play through not having any body parts. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Like, I'm, I'm not as upset as I probably seem. I'm just ready to kind of get everything figured out and move on through the offseason. You want to talk about football. You want to talk about job openings, Matthew. There is a new job opening in Ann Arbor, the Michigan Wolverines firing defensive coordinator Don Brown, something that was a long time coming. Um, now I just wonder, and a lot of Michigan fans were talking early in that Ohio State game that they wanted the D.C. from Northwestern. And sometimes it felt like they were kidding, but sometimes it didn't. So honest to goodness, I do not have a good read on who they actually want. Um, I wonder if maybe they'll just have Josh Gaddis double up or, or Harbaugh or something. That's funny. Well, it it so... should have happened. Like, without question, Don Brown needed to be fired. I think everybody should. This talk of, like, uh, Harbaugh getting an extension um, is hilarious. And I don't know. I Like, Don Brown has, like, a top five defense for the last however many years. And that's really cool, but it has amounted to nothing. So, yeah, that's the weird thing is like Michigan has had a very stout defense at times, statistically speaking, and just by watching them. But then when it matters, like Ohio State, it just, yeah, they just don't show up at all. They get 50 and 60 hung on them in two consecutive years. Yeah, just no ability to adapt. So, I mean, like you just said, it was, it was coming. Kind of sucks that they did it right before Christmas, but. I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Say um, what you want about the lions. At least they had the decency to be like, Matt, Patricia, enjoy your Thanksgiving brother. We're going to fire you on Saturday, but enjoy, enjoy these next two yeah. days. Uh, I know that Michigan fans really want the head coach from Iowa state. Oh, that's right. You're right. Good for you. I don't think that's going to happen. They will probably extend Harbaugh. I don't care one way or another. So yeah, I don't know, Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. It's just that Michigan sucks. It's like a really weird situation. They suck this year. I think like if you are okay with winning nine to ten games every year and probably not winning the Big Ten, that's not to say that anybody else is going to win the Big Ten aside from Ohio State. So it's not like your own fault necessarily. If you're okay with that, keep Jim Harbaugh. Otherwise, like you kind of know what you got with him at this point. That's why Mark so. D'Antonio was here for so long. We weren't going into every season championship or bust. We were just like, we want a good football team. And he gave us just that. And then there was that, you know, four-year period where we just kept getting better and better and better. You go to the Outback Bowl. You go to the Rose Bowl. You go to the Cotton Bowl. You go to the college football playoff. Like, you're just getting better and better and better. Um, but it was never – I mean, I, I can't say it was never championship or bust. Like, Connor Cook came back. And then I don't remember who else came back that year. But um, some, some, you know, some defensive guys, some offensive guys, but mainly Connor Cook came back after that Cotton Bowl win against Baylor because he was like, I, I want to win a championship. This team's really good. That's what we're going to do this year. And they almost did. Like they, you know, they went to the playoff and well, they allegedly went to the playoff. But um, so that was, I think, really the only time in our lives as Michigan State fans that we were like, oh, my gosh, like we actually might win a national championship this year where Michigan fans, well, rational ones don't expect it, but. You know, that's just sort of what um, the media expectation is of them because of their rich and and storied history. Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. Michigan, you're, you, I think Michigan fans are starting to, like, you know where you're at. 
So yeah, which is nice. Um, it is what it is. We're gonna conveniently gloss over that number four Michigan State took their first loss of the season against Northwestern, but we are still going to talk about basketball. Matthew, I sent out a tweet that was basically like, "Hey, what do you think Detroit needs to achieve this season in order for you to think like, hey, okay, this is a successful year?" All of the responses were the same. I don't know what I expected. I was bored by it. Matthew, I am sure you're going to give, which is no disrespect to anybody that replied, but if, you know, we're all going to say the same thing. Matthew, what is your answer to that question? Because the Pistons season tips off, well, not tomorrow for us, but today for the people who are listening on release day. Uh, from what I saw, I think I'm just going to be echoing everything that they said, maybe just more broadly yeah. or vaguely. I just want to see some solid development from the young guys. That's, that's, I think, all this season is supposed to be. Uh, Coach Casey has been talking about it on himself. Like, the defense is there. We already have a very strong defense that we're kind of ahead of where we expected to be, and we like where we are. The offense is just not clicking, and it's 95% because they've played four games together, like, ever. So that just kind of, like, why wouldn't they be playing the way that they are? So Seku, it it's the preseason. So there are some people, I know that you and James went over this, some people, like, just relax. It's the preseason. But it was really nice to see how well that Seku was playing and how well he's already developed. Killian has shown, <laughs> I don't know what you're just going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll get to it after. <laughs> For those, obviously, this is not a visual podcast. I cupped my hands like this and was going to say something into the microphone really loudly. But then Matthew kept talking. Go ahead, Matthew. Killian has shown that he is going to be fun to watch and he should have some success. It's just a matter of... Has he proven that, though? Has he shown us that he's going to be fun? Like, I think we think he's going to be pretty fun because of what we've seen before, but there hasn't been a ton in the pre... And this is... I'm not trying to disrespect him. This is a Killian Hayes podcast, but like, yeah, he like went right and drew an N1. That was really fun. He had a step back where he hit a three, drew the N1, four-point play. That was really fun. Passes the ball pretty well in the middle of the floor. But, like, has he shown us anything that makes you think, like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be, like, amazing? Not yet. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to happen. But I don't think we can sit here right now and feel really all that much more confident than we did when he got drafted. Other than just blind faith and ambition. I agree and disagree with what you're saying. Because I think the definition of fun is very, the spectrum sure, of fun is I agree. so different. I'm still like not as high in LaMelo Ball as everybody else is just because I don't care. Those, that, it's not that I don't think he's good. I just don't care. That underhand pass was, I think it was against Orlando, was just, I don't care that he went one for 10 on the night. He made that one pass. And let me, I, I don't want to cut you off. You can get right back to it. Um, LaMelo needed Miles Bridges and Miles Bridges yes. needed LaMelo. Like yes. they are so <laughs> complimentary to each other that like, I yes. can't think of a better like, a more like, wow, this player needed that player so bad. Like, coming into the league, what an ideal thing in a long time. You know what I mean? Like, that is just so fun, and I hope that they both turn each other into actually good players. Yes, they have, as much as, like I said, I'm just, I have no feelings toward LaMelo Ball, good or bad, they have been a lot of fun to watch. There is the LaMelo Ball type of fun where you kind of don't know what to expect, but you're going to get some highlights and it's going to be a ride. And then you also have someone like Killian Hayes, who I think is turnovers aside. I'm not including turnovers because I am still kind of worried about that. He he, he's just he was real play. good. He was bad in the first game. He had, what, eight? 
and then he cut it down to one in the next game. Don't think he had any in the first game against the Wizards, and then he wasn't bad against the – just that first game against the Knicks that was bad. I th- Was it as a team then that we turned the ball yes. over a ton in the fourth game? Okay. Yes. Um, I didn't get to watch the fourth game. You know that because oh, yeah. I'm still going to go to absolute war with Hulu and Dish and all these people because I hate – I'm irate over all of it. Turns out Dish doesn't even get Fox Sports Detroit, so I can't even get cable. Anyways, where was I going with that? There's LaMelo Ball type of fun, and then there's what I think and hope Killian is going to be, where you're just going to see like a good, clean, smart game as a true point guard. Yeah, I agree with that. And he's going to be somebody that you can at least feel comfortable and safe with. You don't always want like a safe player because at some point that's not going to get you anywhere. But especially at the point guard position, you want a guy who's going to just get the job done. Yeah. And I think he's going to do that. And he should have weapons around him to really put them, them being his teammates, in successful situations. So I well, I just like him. We've seen a few things. One, we've seen that he can, if he's not setting up, you know, whatever actions run, whether it's killing or a set of screens, whatever it is. He's getting the ball to guys that are in optimal shooting situations. It has everything to do with, are they actually going to make the shot or not? And that's going to be what the problem is this year, where he's going to have like, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 15 opportunities for assists per game this season. If we're being ambitious, how many of those are actually going to get converted though? You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Like maybe half, I don't know. Um, And then with, with Killian, it's like the one thing I really like about him in the preseason I almost don't care right now that the shots weren't falling. He was getting more and more confident actually shooting the ball. We're yeah. like game one against the Knicks. The immediately after he's like, yeah, I don't want to shoot the ball. Cause I don't want people to be like, Oh, this guy, you know, this kid, I don't want my teammates to be mad at me. And then the next few games, the dude is just putting up shot after shot after shot. And he's good at, you know, creating space for himself. But when I say like, what do you want to see this year? Yeah, it's, oh, I want to see good development. Cool. Let's flesh it out a little bit more. I want to see that Killian can actually beat someone off the dribble, right? I want to see you raising your hand because, okay, Matthew's confusing me. I want to see no, I have, I have a point. that you can actually go right because I'm not the one that subscribes to the theory that he only has his left hand. I do believe that he can go right. But show me that, right? Prove me right. Because the one, one of the things that we've seen is he just can't attack anybody off the dribble, can't lose anybody. He can move back really well. Like he could, or he can move side to side. He can move like yeah. laterally, but he can't move up and down. Um, which is, you know, I want to see Sadiq Bay. I want to see him shoot, you know, thirty nine percent from three. I want to see Josh Jackson actually turn into a really formidable uh, reclamation project for Detroit. The last two games, game one against the Wizards goes for seventeen and seven. Do not care that it was against the worst defensive team in the league. Game two, I don't remember what he had, but the guy could not miss. Like in transition, he's pulling up with multiple hands in his face, putting the ball on the floor, doing this, doing that, falling away from the basket, putting it up, and it's going in, nothing but net. Like. What we've seen from Josh Jackson these last two games is like, okay, if this is going to work with Josh Jackson, if there's going to be a revival of his career anywhere in any city, it literally has to be Detroit, right? Like he, he, uh, the other day, I think it was after the first Wizards game. He's like, yeah, being back in Detroit is awesome. He's like, I, after practice every day, like I just go see my mom and she just like makes me dinner. <laughs> like, it's funny, but it's like, dude, this is exactly what you needed, right? So... I'm, yeah. you know, like things like that. Um, and then today, Derek Rose is like, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see Killian use his body around the rim a little bit more. And I was like, Derek Rose wants Killian Hayes to use his body around the rim more. I, 
Can you think of a better teacher for Killian Hayes? No. That's literally perfect. like exactly like Derek's even if that's like an aspect of Killian's game that like isn't really that important, Derek's gonna be like, No, yeah, he should really learn how to like draw some contact at the basket. And obviously, of course, you love a point guard who's gonna, you know, obviously take it to the rim and, and take some bodies with him. Um it's been fun. Also, it's worth noting John and Musa got cut. I'm actually surprised by yeah. that. I was I kind of was too because I feel like Dwayne Casey had been speaking not highly of him like a lot of other people, but he hadn't been. He said, and I just, quote, "Yeah, he's a basketball player." Now, obviously, thought, the context. No, matters he to talked that. about liking his shooting. He talked about liking his shooting a few times. What they all say, which like saying it at least once was, I was surprised by. Yeah, that. he was asked, and he said the same thing about Leangelo. He's like, "Yeah, he's an impressive young man." That's what he's supposed to do. But the reality is, and it, there's two there's two things. One, and I tweeted this. It's like people are like, well, we'll get to this in a second. People are mad that he got cut. And it's like, I promise you, if he actually played, you would have been you would have wanted this anyways. Yeah. Um, but that's the other part is I wish people could have seen him play because Pistons fans don't get it. They do not understand John and Musa, and it's not fair to him. But I, I want to add that um, stop bringing up Christian Wood. Get over it. He's gone. Stop talking about it. Two. The Bruce Brown thing, especially after Musa gets cut, brother, let it go. And this whole thing, it's like, were you telling me we just gave up? We just got a second round pick for Bruce Brown. What did you think his value was, anyways? Like that was pretty much anything that you were going to get if Bruce Brown was actually on the market prior to that moment, or even moving forward. Like that was pretty much always going to be what is. Maybe you'll get two, right? Like maybe if you wait a year and it gets a little bit better, like maybe you're gonna get two. I would argue. Yeah, you probably could have gotten one that wasn't the least favorable of four that Brooklyn owned next year. You probably could have maybe gotten one that's in like the, you know, maybe the 40s and not the, not well, not the 60s, but like the late 50s. That would have been nice. And this idea, where did we get Bruce Brown? Matthew, remind me, where was Bruce Brown drafted? The second he was round. in the second round. Yeah, that's it's weird that it's like you can find yeah. that player in literally any draft or in free agency at any moment, which we've talked about before. But the second round pick that you're now mad about is exactly how we acquired the player that we traded away anyways. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't always work out. Bruce Brown was I don't want to call him an anomaly because that insinuates that he was something that was like, oh, my gosh, Bruce Brown. Look at this gem. Look at this Isaiah Thomas sized gem. Not sized, but you know what I mean? Bruce Brown is substantially yes. taller than Isaiah Thomas. Um but it listen, you also are talking up this this draft guru and Troy Weaver. So what's the problem? If you are confident in this guy, then you should be confident that he's going to hit on this second round pick. You gotta pick a lane and you gotta stay in it. It is so unbelievably exhausting to hear the same talking points all the time. And we're not even gonna talk about the Luke Kennard extension. I'm really happy for him. Let me ask you this. Do you see Markel Fultz's extension? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know about what a bizarre situation three years for 50 million dollars that is one that i'm like he's gonna get paid on average more than luke i believe was it james that said he's liking the uh the jeremy grant signing like this the contract specifically more and more every day because of all these other contracts that are coming out uh, he might have i actually didn't see that i wasn't really on my phone when all the contracts were going down um and there was i love it but I, to that point that's just sports. It's a little bit different right now because like the cap is going to be adjusting and stuff with just how the past year has gone. But that's just, I hate to say it, but like, that's how things work. We go back to the Stafford thing. Everybody 
was split 50-50. Like, is this a good signing or a bad signing? Because he signed the biggest contract in NFL history up to that point. Wait five minutes, and it won't and be. And someone will Just get it. Just relax. I'm going to remember three years for $50 million for Markel Fultz for a while. I love him. I'm, Agreed. We are rooting for him so hard. I love that he's looking so much better offensively. Like, he actually can – he looks like a basketball player now. But, like, we're not there yet. And he was really good in the bubble. Like, he even gave Milwaukee, by the approximation of some, the best defensive team in the league, fits offensively. The dude knocked down, like, a 70-footer in that game. So – I'm just like, I'm there for the interesting one is the Lonzo ball thing where they're like, we didn't reach an agreement, but like, we're going to, he'll be back. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be back though. You got what? Nikhil Alexander Walker. You got Kyra Lewis. You have, which one's still there? Bledsoe's still there. I'm pretty sure they trade. Yeah. It's, they didn't, they traded George Hill. They still have Bledsoe. Um, I think there's somebody else in the mix too. Well, it's Lonzo now, but it's like, so it's, I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird. With the Pistons, it's like, would you have... Again, no, I don't want to talk about the Luke thing. Um, Seku's team option did get picked up for next year. So this time next year, we're going to be looking at um, extension season in a really interesting light. Do I think Seku Dumboya is going to get like four, three years for $50 million or five, four years for $64 million? No, I do not. But I am very curious to see... Uh, actually, no, he was drafted last year, so... I don't know when that extension is going to happen. I'm really confused. I'm all frazzled right now, so I don't know when that's going to happen. But um, the one thing, and I don't remember if we talked about this already. I think we may have mentioned it last week. The Lazarus Jackson pointed out, like, I didn't account for the fact that Seku is going to be good. So when he was, like, going out and doing all this stuff, you're like, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. wait, okay. This is important. Like, I forgot that he's not just some guy that's on our bench that we really hope is going to be something good. And then Dwayne Casey today was like, Blake is going to be our first unit guy. We're going to really run the offense through him. He goes for our second unit. It's going to be Derek and Seku. And I was like, whoa, whoa, mm -hmm. whoa. I was like, did you just commit to playing Seku like legitimate minutes? So that was very That's important. Something. That was exciting. I'm at a point. I don't know if I'm going to get crucified for this. I think people would understand it. I'm at a point where I'm almost more excited. I just definitively am. More excited to watch Seku than I am for Killian. I don't know why. I can't really give you anything there. That's fine. But it's What's... it's like Seku's turning into the player that you actually... Because, like, I don't know. Point guards don't win championships. Forwards do. So, I don't know. He's also, like, 6'8", and he's about to turn... What's today? Actually, the day that this episode is being released on the 23rd is Seku's 20th birthday. Happy birthday, Seku. Happy birthday, Seku. Um... So the only 19 jokes can only... Well, actually, no. We're going to keep saying that forever. Well, Killian's 19. So well, we have that's true. So guy that we can just say he's only 19. That's true. Um, With Seiko, it's like, is he done growing? Are we, like, are we going to get the Jason Tatum thing that we had, like, a few weeks ago? Where they're like, hey, yeah, Jason Tatum's actually, like, 7'1 now. <laughs> we're like, what? if he what? goes through exactly what... Because when Giannis came into the league... I think he, I don't know his exact like height or anything, but he was very scrawny and just not as tall as he is now. Seku could do the exact thing, exact same thing, where he can get like jacked and he can grow a couple more inches and then we can just have another Giannis. Matthew, it's interesting you bring up Giannis. I have a question for you. Um, <laughs> how was that? Beautiful. You like that? Beautiful. Just to give, uh, you're welcome. Just to give, yeah. you said it, my eyes lit up. I'm like, no way. So just to give people, not some, even on purpose, some I insight. About this. Before we started recording, I asked, I said to Matthew, I have a question I want to ask you about Giannis. 
He goes, you can bring it up later. I go, he's like, if it, if it comes up organically, you can bring it up. I go, it's not going to. I'll just ask you later. Matthew just brought up Giannis. So now I get to ask <laughs> this question. You all get to hear it and his response. I tweeted this. Okay, who wins more? Who has a, a better chance at winning an NBA championship? Giannis and the team that they have right now. So they're starting five is, you know, Drew, um, Chris. Wait, what am I? I'm, I'm totally blanking right now. It, oh, it, so it'd probably be Drew, Craig, or Dante, um, Chris, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, or Damian Lillard, Giannis, and Fillers. Which team wins more? So Milwaukee today or Damian Giannis? Uh, wait, well, um, I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say Giannis with the Bucks right now or like Luka with the Mavs going forward or something. No. Don't know why. That answer was legitimately going to be contingent on Budenholzer. Well. Where, where are Giannis and Dame playing? They're in Milwaukee. Here's the thing with Mike Budenholzer, though. If you have Dame and Giannis... John Horst is going to do everything in his power, much as he has this year, this offseason, to try to take Mike Budenholzer's faults out of his hands and be right. like, here are all of these pretty good players or really good players, some of the best in the world. Um, they're your starting five. And your bench is going to be kind of like, meh. So you're going to be forced to play these guys. Um, and with Damon Giannis, it's like, just take the Budenholzer thing out of the equation. Just for future, I'm also going to make an episode about this on Shoot the J, where I'm going to dive because I have way too much to say about this and how they would even get Dame in the first place, which they never would. But there was an article that came out today that apparently they're friends all of a sudden, and that Portland was like a secret sneaky team for Giannis to go to because they've established like a relationship and have talked about playing in Portland or Milwaukee. And I'm like, what? <laughs> One, a lot of this is because Portland already has the best uniforms in the NBA, but Giannis would look amazing in that uniform i think kevin in those uniforms i don't disagree but again that's what i'm saying portland just has the best uniforms so pretty much everybody's gonna look good uh i assume that with damon Giannis playing together drew holiday's gone yeah so that's that's why i said plus fillers because it's gonna be you know dante's probably gone maybe brooks gone i don't know drew's gone chris is gone like they're not all 100 gonna be the package but i just this is why you'll have to listen to shoot the jakes i'm gonna really get into it just assume that all of the players that are good in Milwaukee are gone, unless your name is Damian Lillard or Giannis. I don't want to overthink it. I'm honestly, well, I guess I am overthinking it. I'm just going to say this current Bucks team. Mm. Better chance at a title than Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I want to see that so bad. I, for whatever reason, I just think that Drew Holiday and Giannis playing together goes better Tread together. lightly. Wait, you wait. You think you just said Drew Holiday and Giannis playing together goes better? Yeah. Then Damian. Oh, I'm sorry, because you you said this current Bucks team. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Gian, uh, I just I just like that. I I just I like that duo. I like them. Defensively, kind of, they yeah. already have their roles established too. I think that Dame and Giannis are very different players than a lot of other people who have tried to team up and do something like this. Kind of think Russ and KD, they didn't team up, but they were together. And think like Harden and Chris Paul. Like those, well, Harden and Chris Paul is a little bit different because that kind of worked. It did. No, take out the kind of. It did work. It did. Well, I mean, it didn't, but it should have. It, it almost did. So anyways, 
part of me just knows that that's such an issue around the league that I just think that the dynamic between Drew Holiday's role with the Bucks and Giannis's role with the Bucks, it's just cleaner. Yeah, that way. I mean, Giannis's uh, the biggest thing is like they needed to get him a better playmaker and a better initiator. Drew Holiday is better than both Bledsoe and George Hill. Damian Lillard greater than sign Drew Holiday, right? Um, and that's just like it's insane to think about that. Imagine like Giannis as the role man with Damian Lillard. Are you kidding me? The, no, the aliens I don't want the to aliens work. come down and it's like someone needs a bucket, a duo needs a bucket right now, or the whole planet's gone. You don't have a choice. Actually, even, that's probably even my answer right now. I would send Dame and Giannis out there. That'd be incredible. I I don't think I'd fight that. Maybe Giannis. Maybe, know, maybe it's I, a like, little pick and pop. Giannis steps back. My guess is that most people are picking Damon Giannis because it's a landslide. Yeah, it, that's pretty obvious. I just like the team that we are officially for sure getting, and I do think that they. I mean, this is not a hot take. I think they have a legitimate chance at winning it all. But a lot of it is what you were saying too, with John Horst being like, "Hey, Budenholzer." Please play your best players, and I'm forcing your hand. You have to do it. But and I do, I, I do want to think that Budenholzer is finally going to be like, mm, maybe I do need to kind of I mean, adapt come playoff time. But also, we've seen time and time and time and time and time and time again, he just doesn't. Bud, we're and down three zero. Please, please play these guys. Giannis goes for like 17 in the first, turns his ankle. Chris Middleton like doesn't come out of the game for the rest of the night. Wouldn't you know it? The Bucks actually win. Game five, it's over. <laughs> it's. I think it was that game two that um, I think I was just talking about this. I think it was. We'll end on this. We haven't been talking about Detroit for the last ten minutes, but um, I think it was that game two where Jimmy's just bucket, bucket, bucket against Milwaukee, and mm-hmm. the only guy who can kind of competitively defend Jimmy in that series, um, that not named Giannis because he was like guarding like Bam and I don't know Myers Leonard, who knows? I don't remember. Um, was Wesley Matthews and. For the last seven and a half minutes, was on the bench. Bud just never put him in the game. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm throwing everything at my TV. I'm like, what are we doing right now? There was a minute. There was a. There was a real lineup late in that game. DJ Wilson, Pat Connaughton, and um, was it Robin Lopez? I think that's who it was. Oh my gosh. We don't disparage him though. No, I like Brooke Lopez. I don't like Robin I do, Lopez. Yeah, I don't really care much for, for Robin Lopez. Brooke Lopez is amazing. But yeah, Pat Connaughton yes, and DJ yes. Wilson in a playoff game. End it there, but throw in. I don't remember who it was. It can make me so mad. Oof. So that's not great. Matthew, you got anything else to add? Uh, we play Tom Brady and the, the Bucks on Saturday. The Lions do. Pistons play as this comes out today. Other than that, Sports are kind of back, so it's exciting. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Shout out to Anthony Edwards. Really excited to see that. Happy holidays, everybody. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Shoot.